You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast. Brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis giving you a review of the Cowboys week four matchup with the New England Patriots where they had win 38 to three in impressive fashion. All three phases, Cowboys handled their business outside of the three points on what the opening drive. It was all Cowboys all day. Cowboys moved to three and one handle business before we get into it. Aiden, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I needed that. We'll we'll see how next week goes, but for right now, the Cowboys are back on a good track, so I'm taking it. I alluded to you to you about this, and I'm gonna just open with that. I won't take too long. It's not about me, but I work in football professionally. Okay. And I it's my nine to five, including this. Blogging the boys gave me my first job. But remember, with blogging the boys, just like SB Nation, it's about the fans, right? So I'm gonna be a fan here for a second. The Cowboys beating the Patriots is very personal to me, and I've kept it professional all week. I'm going to continue to keep it professional. i got a lot of eyes on me and a lot of professional opportunities I don't want to squander. With that being said, I needed that win like I needed life. You know, that was very important to me. And unless you lived here during the Tom Brady era where you couldn't say anything to your friends, you couldn't talk about anything because they just bring up Tom Brady, six rings, whatever. That win was nice. 2021 was nice. I, you know, it's, I, I just, I needed that. Right. And I sat there with my wife who is a diehard Cowboys fan with me, but you know, been through the Patriots days and I looked at it right when the game started. I'm like, this is personal. And I'm sorry that I'm like, I'm so charged up right now, but it is what it is. So Cowboys moved three and one and they win the Tony bowl. And I'm happy about it. I mean, that was, you, you predicted it last week. Because we talked to after the Cardinals win, you mentioned, and I know you went on a New England radio show, mentioned the same thing. The Cowboys know how to respond to big wins. I'm not, I mean, we'll get dive into it later. I'm not exactly sure how much we can take away from this game, but for now, it's a Cowboys win. And we're always going to take those, especially after the way they performed last week. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, you mentioned it too. So let's get right into it, right? Let's talk about our initial thoughts. We don't have to dance around it anymore. Um, I'll let you go first because uh, you had some thoughts there. But Cowboys went 38-3. to Everything looks like it was good. Um, your initial thoughts, Aiden? Yeah, my initial thoughts, like it, I love the fact that the Cowboys won. And I'm never going to be pessimistic, super pessimistic about a Cowboys win. However, our concerns after last week were, A, we were concerned by the fact that the Cowboys, we are not exactly sure what this team looks like when they have to play from behind. B, because of that, we're not exactly sure how short the run defense is because of the fact that if you're ahead, you obviously force the other team into your script and you don't get to see a lot of the run defense come into play. And then 
see the red zone offense. We're like our three biggest concerns after last week. This game to me didn't really clear up any of that. And you look at it, the Cowboys, they were tied at three, three for a little bit, but after, outside of that, they got, they jumped ahead to a quick lead, forced the Patriots into their script. B the run defense early. Once again, looked susceptible on that first drive for the Patriots. Ramondre looked pretty good against the Cowboys rushing defense. And then see the red zone offense as we saw today. Once again, it seemed like they were completely inept when they got to the red zone. So those three concerns, I'm still not like I'm not satisfied in terms of the big glaring issues on this team are could still be glaring issues. But with that said, not going to be too pessimistic about a Cowboys handing Bill Belichick the worst loss of his career. Yeah, and so when I when I look at this, right, everything you're saying is valid. It's not complete. There's nothing with conviction, right? Like you can't I can't dispute anything you're saying definitively and it feels like until we get real concrete answers, everything you're saying is valid. With that being said, I think this Cowboys team through a month of the season, Mike McCarthy's on the pulse of what this team is. They uh, when in a league where most people are doing the double dip where, you know, they defer or they rather kick to open the game up to try to get a two for one at the end of the half with the turnaround in the third quarter. He understands that this team likes to play with a lead. And they understand they want to jump on people early. And that's what they did this week. And I think that's been the most um successful formula for this team so far now is this sustainable it's putting a lot of emphasis on having to do something good in the first drive which we know isn't always the the most clear-cut easy way to go about things with that being said the one touchdown they did score in the red zone i was like this one i'm not even going to chalk it up it's like hunter lepke it's deuce vaughn it's you know a couple of offensive linemen jalen tolbert and Cavante turpin with the wide receivers it was and they score. Of course they score. Right. So I'm like, all right, that's the, that's the, that's the remedy. You put the backups in there and score, but in all seriousness, um, they have a, they have a script, right? They have a plan for what they want to do. And to me, it's very evident. They want to jump on teams early and they want to put teams with their back against the wall. And that's how they can play. And again, what I took when I took from this game too, a second thing is, um, it makes last week more perplexing, right? You can look at it and say, Arizona's better than a lot of people gave credit for credit to. And I believe that may be true, but at the same time, we, I called this last week and I'm not the only one. They respond well when they get embarrassed. Well, like let's stop getting embarrassed first, right? Let's stop taking teams for granted because what they did to the Patriots today, they could have did to Arizona last week and we're four and zero walking into a, a Sunday night matchup with the 49ers. So um, yeah, there are things you can nitpick and they're going to work in the red zone. There's got to be some things they're going to have to clean up, but you know, all that in a 38 to three win, I'm not really going to be too, too upset about it. Yeah. And if you want a positive and we mentioned this last week after the Arizona Cardinals game, we talked about it in terms of, you you don't, you can't say this offense looks flat because this offense absolutely does not look flat. Their issue, for example, the Patriots this season allowed 25 points to the Eagles. Six of those came off a of pick six. The Dolphins, who dropped 70 points in a game, they held to 24. The Jets, they held to 10. So this New England Patriots defense, staple of Bill Belichick, is a good defense, and the Cowboys were able to move on them today. I, I'll stand by it. Between the 20s, this is one of the best offenses in the NFL. The Cowboys know how to move the ball. They rarely punt, and they know how to keep their defense off the field, which, which our defense is huge. So I'm, I'll am I'll stand by the fact that between the 20s, this is one of the best offenses in the NFL. If they can just add that extra 20 yards once they get to the red zone, I mean, sky's the limit for this team. We just it, We have to see it soon because 
with the matchup next weekend, you're not going to get away with three points, three points, three points. You know, and I'm not saying this is you. I'm just speaking to the masses, whoever listens to this and what the rhetoric is going to be this week is like, oh, the red zone woes are real. The numbers back up that there's there's obvious issues there. But what I'm thinking, and you can call me too optimistic and I'll probably get called out for it, but this ta- this team, like you just said, is too talented. So in my mind, this isn't going to stick around. I think eventually water will find its level, right? I don't think they're going to be one of the best. They may not be one of the best red zone teams in, in all of the league, but they're not going to be one of the worst. The quarterback, the, the weapons they have, they're going to find the level. So what if they start marginally being better? So what, they're going to score 40 points a game or 38 every week or like they've done so well, like you said, in the, in the non red zone that once they put that together, this team could be seriously dangerous. I don't disagree with that. I do. Absolutely. Like I'm not giving up hope that the red zone offense will be figured out. Mike McCarthy, he's coached for a long time in this league. He can absolutely get the red zone offense to where it needs to be. My only concern, we now have a four game sample size of this. Like even if the Cowboys had, if the Cowboys had blown out the Cardinals, I'd feel more safe that okay McCarthy's just holding back a little bit he's not showing all his plays but we saw even when the Cowboys were in a game that they were trailing that they wanted to win obviously they the red zone offense still fell flat I so but I don't disagree with the take I absolutely think they can figure it out we just we have to see it and one other thing I'll say if you look at the Cowboys points per game right now the 40 points against the Giants the 30 points against the Jets right 38 points against the Patriots today. A lot of those points came off the fact that the defense was assisting them with turnovers. My concern, what happens when we don't get those turnovers? Like what happens when you don't scoop and score? Like in today's game, what happens when you don't get a pick six? And then more specifically against the Jets, what happens when you don't set your offense up with great field position at like the 50, 40 yard line, which they did numerous times picking off Zach Wilson. Yeah. And so I think the numbers, if they're correct, I think, Without the turnovers, without their pick six, it's like 24 to three final. You know what I mean? So the offense scores 24 points with backups in for the majority of the fourth quarter. I know Dak was in there, but it was a very complimentary role for most of that. Um, But again, and this can kind of parlay into our second topic, which I wanted to ask you about um, if I could pull this up here is. Now, we, I think, leaning towards them, maybe I don't know what you're going to say. I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but is it more about this team and who they are, the fact that they're able to win, you know, the way they have in the first three games, or does it say more about the inferior opponents that they've played? And before you answer that, nobody was speaking like that about the Giants leading up to the season. So the fact that they weren't like who everyone thought they were going to be is not the Cowboys' fault, right? And then the Jets... Okay, fine. No Aaron Rodgers. That team is a bad team without Aaron Rodgers. That's clear. But this is a well-coached Patriots team, okay? And this Arizona team is a team fighting for a lot of respect and a lot of grit. So, you know, I'll I'll lay it back up to you. It's what we've seen so far in the three wins, more indicative of who they are or more indicative of the opponent so far? No, I absolutely, I absolutely push back on the opponent piece. I absolutely think that in the Cowboys' three wins, it's absolutely who they are. But I think, like, if you loop in the Cardinals' loss, who they are then becomes an inconsistent team. If they can gain consistency, that's huge. But like the fact that, oh, they they beat a Giants team where Daniel Jones played poorly, they beat Zach Wilson, they beat Mac Jones. Well, okay, the Giants, after the second half of the Cardinals game, looked competent. We haven't seen them on Monday Night Football, obviously. The Jets, we'll say it again, beat the Bills. They don't look great, but they did beat the Bills. And then this Patriots team, 
only they had multiple chances to beat the Eagles late in that fourth quarter of that opening game of the season. The Eagles only beat them by five points and the Patriots had two chances. So I, I completely push back on the fact that these blowouts are just a result of our opponent. It takes a good team to blow out somebody, especially Bill Belichick, especially the way the Patriots are coached. It takes a really solid team to beat the Patriots by 35. And the Cowboys just did that. I just need to see consistency. But if they can gain consistency, I mean, once again, sky's the limit if they can gain consistency, because if they play like this every week, man, I mean, ceiling Super Bowl. Let me so let me ask you this question. I want to veer off of this question a little bit before I come back to it and answer my portion of that. You're an analytics guy. You're a numbers guy. And that's who I am, too. I like to look at the numbers. I like to back up the stats. But does a game like Arizona compared to what we've seen in the other three games play and this may be a ridiculous question. You could tell me that, but does that just show how much of the human mental element is in this game where a team, you know, what was the rhetoric coming into it? Oh, we got three offensive linemen down. We are only going to win by 17. Now, you know what I mean? Having that mindset where we've seen this team and we know this team, we've been fans our entire lives where you can kind of just pick when this team is going to take an opponent easy. And that's when they either win ugly or they lose a game like last week. So in a game, so analytically driven and a team with such like promise, does the human element in this game not get enough credit for how much of a factor it is? I think it's more of the way that they lost the Arizona Cardinal game that concerns me. Like if we had seen the Houston Texans game from a year ago, like Dak comes out, throws early picks, they get, they, Kevontae Turpin fumbles a punt and it's like, oh, well, it's just we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We're shooting ourselves in the foot and the Cardinals are taking advantage. That would be a lot less concerning for me. I'd be like, okay, it was just a bad game. We clearly weren't ready to play. Fine. The way that the Arizona Cardinal game play out, though, where you don't have a turnover until late in the fourth quarter. I mean, we just got flat out beat. They ran it down our throats. They Josh Dobbs, because of the because the run game had so much success, they were able to pass the ball. And then the fact that it's the first time that the Cowboys have had to play from behind. Like, it's just all those factors. I'm like, we did get beat and it wasn't our fault. It was the Cardinals just, they beat us. And so that's, that's the area that concerns me. But once again, I'm Cowboys came out and looked hot today. So I'm, it's not like I'm giving up hope on this team. I don't want to sound too pessimistic after yeah. a 35 point win. <laughs> no, but like we try to keep it real because at the end of the day, like, these are fun. It's fun to talk about wins and big blowouts and stuff like that. But what we're more concerned of, and I hope the fans listening are more concerned with, are, are an opponent like the 49ers next week, right? Those are the guys that we're going to have to beat in January that we want to get into February. So, you know, keeping it here and keeping it in the moment because we want to bask in a 35-point win, 38-3. Cowboys move to 3-1. and one. Before I give my answer on that, I'm going to dive into some of the stats. Dak Prescott was surgical, man. 28 for 34, 261 yards, 7.7 average, one touchdown, zero interceptions, and a rating of 108.5. I mean, in this Mike McCarthy offense, that is exactly what Dak Prescott needs to do. I mean, that is that is it right there. Nothing fancy. Just go out there and be efficient and, and just make the right decision. There wasn't even any, like, eh balls. You know, he had a couple of eh balls in a couple of games against the Jets, and Arizona obviously threw a pick. None of that. He was clean. He was pure. He was just handling business. No, that's you are apps. And I'm a little bit disappointed in myself that I haven't talked about Dak Prescott yet after I had to defend him over the last week. Dak Prescott was not the reason that the Cowboys lost the Cardinals game. He is the biggest reason that they just beat the Patriots the way they did. He every time it seemed like the Patriots were gaining a little bit momentum. 
Cowboys get the ball and they march right down the field, then have some issues in the red zone. But Dak the entire game. And even, by the way, in this game, Schoonmaker dropped a touchdown. That would have been a red zone touchdown. I, there was some, there was a few other, like, I, I was, I still hate the back shoulder, like the fade in the end zone call to like CeeDee Lamb on first and first and 10 from the five yard line or first and goal from the five yard line. Like Dak in the red zone, he, he was not the issue today. His balls were on point to me. It was once again, more of an issue of play calling and mistakes in the red zone. But Dak today, surgical is the way to describe it. He carved him up. Dak continues to look like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in this season. Quarterbacks are struggling across the league. Dak is looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this season. Without question. And so let me get back to the question here. I'm going to give my answer and then we'll talk about a little bit more stats before we kind of change the, 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 the page here. But I will say, is it about who they are or an inferior team to kind of bring it back? hundred percent with you on it. It's not about the opponent, right? Because we, we had saw an Arizona team that has every reason to lose other than for personal pride. Those guys are still professional athletes getting paid a lot of money who want to go out there and, and win football games. And the Cowboys got for a lack of a better term, punched in the mouth, la- mouth last week. This is a well-coached Patriots team with a, pedigree of a coaching staff that is just like hall of fame worthy right there's no question about it and they put a historic ass whooping on them so with that being said like what every time the cowboys beat a team badly are we gonna sit here and say oh it's because they stink or or they were no good it's it's so and you know what's gonna happen if they lose their uh to the san francisco next week it's oh they can't beat anybody good if they lose the eagles oh they can't be anybody good and and that's why and this is such a blessing to be here. And I'm I'm gonna and when I say this, it's such a blessing to be in this position after all the years that we've been in. But teams like Arizona, teams like Washington, like they play these regular season games, and that's what they stand on, right? They look really good. We 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 look good here and win. We look good here in a loss. For the Cowboys, nothing that they do in the regular season matters anymore. It doesn't matter. We got to survive the regular season and get to the playoffs. And then that's when you start questioning and wondering what they can do. That's what it's going to be about. And we're at a point now where 12 and five and two back-to-back years doesn't mean anything. Mike McCarthy still see is, is percolating a little bit because of the fact that they haven't been able to advance in the playoffs. So with that being said, I don't care if it's inferior. I don't play. I don't care if they play the little giants every week or the 49ers, a win is a win in this league. And if you're three and one after the first month of the year, you feel damn good about it. And the spread heading into this week was six and a half points. So let's not act like when we're talking about, oh, the Patriots are a bad team. Let's not act like this game wasn't supposed to be a one score game, according right. to the Vegas line. Like Absolutely. we see six and a half, six and a half points. Teams come back from six and a half points and win a lot in today's NFL. Six and a half points is nothing. And the Cowboys just covered it by doing quick middle math. 30 points. Yeah, it's. And it, that's the thing. This team is a good football team, and I think people will try to tell you otherwise. And that's just un, not the case. This is this this team is in the upper echelon. They're up there with the Eagles. They're up there in the 49ers. If you want to split hairs and talk about it, we'll find out next week. And I'm not really into that conversation now. But as we move forward here, I just want to pull up my notes here because we're going to change the topic here. Um, when we look at this here, is is, you know, is the offense, because we were just talking about it, and I want to kind of stay here, is the offense still a concern of yours, or did anything today change your mind? And I know we had talked about it and touched on it in the red zone, but let's get into it a little bit more deeper. You said that they're one of the best teams when it comes to the non-red zone area, and I agree. 
But to kind of piggyback off this question, is what you're seeing in the red zone irreversible? And is if not, is it championship stripping worthy? Like uh, what they're doing in the red zone, stopping them from being a 49er or an Eagle or a Chief? Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I absolutely, I, I'm, I'm with you. We talked about it earlier. This is absolutely reversible. Like, I, I think the Cowboys have been snake bit a little bit in the red zone, not due to penalties or anything like that, more just because it's like, surely you have to figure out this play calling eventually. And I think if it like the CD lamb play where he, sh- he shook a defender and then just got tackled by his leg like he's gonna break one of those and it's gonna end up being a touchdown tony pollard's gonna hit a hole and it's gonna end up being a a touchdown from the 10 yard line there's you'll see actual touch like you'll see touchdowns come random variants i'm expecting this to improve we just need it to get to a level where it's not oh luck it's more of yeah the cowboys just know how to score in the red zone like last year we're there at 71 percent Cowboys don't need to be at 71% this year. If we can get them to high 50s, low 60s, I'm completely content with that. In terms of if they don't if the, if they don't fix this, is this like season ending or prevents them from getting prevents their chances of getting to a Super Bowl? I absolutely think so. Like I mentioned, I don't think you're going to beat an Eagles team. I don't think you're going to beat a 49ers team by settling for field goals, especially an Eagles team who like they know how to hang points on teams. I just I can't see a world where this Cowboys team is able to put together two to three consecutive playoff games of just kicking fields, just settling for three a whole bunch and then advancing to the Super Bowl. I, I, yeah, I, but that's not to say I do think it's reversible. So I'm not saying that their season's tanked because of this performance. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I mean, let's talk about in totality. This offense is is potent. And it's really just scratching the surface of what they're doing. Michael Gallup is starting to round into form. CD Lamb hasn't even had like monstrous numbers. I know he scores touchdowns, but he had like 36 uh, receiving yards this this week. So not even a huge impact. Brandon Cooks is just getting going. Jake Ferguson is really starting to gain the trust. He had seven receptions for 70 yards. His highest totals in his career. Um, Tony Pollard looking like himself. Uh, I don't know if you caught it. A little bit of bad news. Looks like Rico Dowdle has a hip injury. Don't know how severe, but he has a history of hip injury. So you hope all the best there and we won't speculate. We don't know, but it's, you know, it's out there. Um, yeah. But with that being said, Jalen Tolbert looks like he's, he's, you know, I know is in garbage time, but he's, he's out there making plays. He's making catches. He looks like a, a formidable, you know, wide receiver for there's just, he had, an, 
he also had an early catch where he, he shook the defender he out. Yeah, he looked good. He did. He was he's brought in there and he's more in the plan than than he's ever been, which is really good to see. With that being said, all the talent is there and the execution is there, to be honest with you. I just think the red zone woes not to like, you know, pick a, a scapegoat, but I think it is Mike McCarthy. I do think that he's having some trouble with what he's calling in there. There's a lot of late developing, you know, crosses across the field, play action. You got a you got a line got to hold up. There isn't a lot of space to operate back there or under there. And it's like what like we got to get the ball out. Let's get in playmakers. Let's get out in space. You know, sometimes you don't even have to get cute with it. Just run it right up the middle. Tony Pollock can get it done right behind Zach Martin, Terrence Steele, who are really good run blockers. Uh, but yeah, you're right. This if this doesn't get fixed, it's a season ruining issue. Good thing for us is we're still in the first month. And you came out three and one with those issues. So you move forward. You change the page. You turn the page. It's October 1st. You continue on against the 49ers if they can go out there and put this thing together in their fifth game against the 49ers it could vouch really well for this team moving forward yeah i completely uh, agree with everything you say especially like not especially but i am including the fact that this is a mike mccarthy issue one thing we're seeing that is a little odd that we haven't picked up on yet is Teams are sending the house when we enter the red zone because they say, A, if you're going to run the ball, we're shutting that down. And B, if you're throwing the ball, we're going to get to Dak as quickly as possible. Like you saw it multiple times today. It was like third and two, third manageable. And Dak Prescott, they drop back to pass. And like the Patriots have just sent the house. So Dak takes an eight yard sack. Okay, field goal time. So I'm. I'd like to see for the upcoming weeks, specifically for the Niners game, once they get to the red zone, just go quick hitters. Don't let Dak, don't give Dak, don't let Dak do, go through like a two, three, four second progression. Just snap the ball, assume they're going to send the house, quick ball to Gallup, quick ball to CD, whoever you want to get it to. Just recognize that teams, once we get to the red zone, are sending the house to prevent the run and to get to Dak. Absolutely. And that's the thing. I think things are going to be figured out. There's too much. Um, there's too much pedigree. There's too much winning in that room, whether it be Brian Schottenheimer or Mike McCarthy or some of these guys who are on offensive staff to not figure this out. And on top of that, there's too much talent. So I know it's going to be the talking point because it is the only thing that you can really harp on for the Cowboys right now is the red zone woes. But I'm less concerned with it. If this becomes a problem as we progress later into October, and then that becomes who you are, right? The man we just beat, Bill Belichick, said September, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but pretty much September is where you figure things out. Like, even he understands that football in September is almost not like a real thing. So for the Cowboys to get out 3-1, and one, have the issues they do, and, and just hang copious amounts of points on these teams, offensively, defensively, special teams-wise, um, I'm less concerned with it than probably what the narrative will be this week. So question for you, if the Cowboys come out and they struggle in the red zone against the Niners, regardless of the outcome, is is that like panic alarm time? No, not for me. Okay. And it's because of the opponent. I, I know we talk about like inferior. Oh, we don't feel bad about losing to inferior teams. If you're in a dog fight with one of the two best teams in football, I'm not going to be upset with that. Like that's, we lost last year 19 to 12 and everybody's like Dak didn't show up it's like yeah but the 49ers defense is like a cheat code like it's legitimately one of the best defensive units in like history in decades you know so if we go out there and we, and we win a game 
13 to 10. I don't think anybody's going to complain about that. And, you know, spoiler alert, next week I'm not going to sit here and act like it's the biggest win ever because I want to beat the 49ers in January. I don't want to beat them in week five. So I'll take, I'll be happy with being four and one and kind of showing the people we're good, but I need that in January. But I digress. But yeah, so it's kind of those things where situation dictates fights. I had to fight with people this week about Michael Gallup and what he hadn't done so far was more of indicative of the situation than more so him not being ready. And he's had his two best games of the year the last two weeks. So um, I think nuance and that type of stuff gets lost in these conversations because everybody wants to be right. But I think you got to look at each case by case. And I think this is one of those situations where um, we'll see what happens. But this is a good offensive unit. Don't let you tell anybody tell you differently. No, I agree. And in terms of panic, like right now with the red zone offense, I'm at like a five out of ten. We panic against the Niners. I'll probably jump up to a seven. It's then going to be that Chargers game uh, where I know Mike McCarthy wants to hang points against his former OC. That like if we come out and fall flat heading into the bye week after the charge, like that's where I'm at, like an eight or a nine for sure. And let's kind of look at this. I want to look at the Dak stats here and give me your initial takes. Through four games, he has 908 passing yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and a 96.1 passer rating. So looking at that 908. Divided by four, we're looking at 227 passing yards a game, averaging one touchdown a game, averaging a quarter of an interception. So, um, I mean, realistically, Dak Prescott is just out there and just doing what this offense asks of him. So that's why I'm saying, I mean, he has zero fumbles and has one interception in a quarter of the season. So with that being said, if there's anything in this offense to be upset about, shouldn't it be pointed towards Mike McCarthy? No, I know I'm completely on your side there. Right. This is I, this I guess is I'm not a, to the masses, yeah. you know, like that because it's like, what more do you want Dak to do? Do you are we hang, we used to hang 500 on people and we'd lose 48 to 43. You know what I mean? So now that he's taking what's given, he's being safe. Everybody's like, push the ball down the field. It's like okay, but we've we've we're averaging like 40 points a game right now doing this, and it doesn't look like a complete unit yet. So I think we'd all should relax. And in Two of the last three games, Dak has hit an 80% completion percentage. In those two games, he's thrown a combined 72 passes. Like, this guy, he's <laughs> he's completing everything, and he's throwing a ton. There is nothing else that you could ask of Dak outside. Like, Dak, maybe once or twice pull the ball and run in the red zone. I, that's one thing I like to see because Dak in the red zone is dangerous with his legs. I'd like to see him scramble a little bit more in the red zone. Yeah, But, like, in terms of what you... No, Dak, like I mentioned, in a season where quarterbacks are not performing, especially the highly paid quarterbacks, Dak is looking like a stud. And on top of that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he's finished a win yet. Of the three wins, he's came out of every single game. Didn't complete the Giants game. Cooper Rush was the one kneeling. I don't think Did he finished. Did he complete? I don't know if he completed the Jets I wasn't sure if one. he completed the Jets game. Right? I That's know the for, one that yeah, I... I know for a fact two of them he didn't complete. Right. So he didn't complete today's and he didn't complete week one. Jets, I, I could just be making that up, but he Dak did kneel it out for the Jets. Okay. Game. Okay. That's fine. I but the way they handled that was almost like handed off, handed off, punt, handed off, handed off, handed off, punt. Yeah. So he hasn't had four quarters other than the Arizona game, right? And 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 you gotta you gotta hang that. If we're gonna talk about the skins on the wall with the wins, we gotta talk about the skins on the wall with the loss. But make no mistake about it. I said it last week, Dak isn't even in the top 10 of issues, he might not even be in the top 50 of issues right now. Like the guy is playing outstanding football. I mean, Dak is just the reason we're winning. Like I, I don't like that. Like Dak can't win in close games, but 
why are we only counting games where the game's close? Like, why can't we count these 30 point wins and look (laughs) at Dak and say, oh, yeah, you were the reason we won by 35 points today. Like you're at least, I mean, I get it. The defense also showed up big and it's not like Dak's the only reason the Cowboys won by 35 today. But Dak, you were a big reason that the Cowboys won by 35 points against Bill Belichick. I, I don't just like co- counting the close games because, I mean, that completely throws out what he did today, which was a near perfect performance. Yeah, it's you're absolutely right. And while we talk about Dak Prescott and his level of play, it'll kind of get us into our last segment here. Game balls. I'll let you go first. Is Dak Prescott the recipient of your game ball? I went first last week, and I think I took Dak Prescott. So if you want to take the layup, take the layup. I'm not going to take Dak because <laughs> I, my, he he deserves the game ball. I like to give it. I also there's a name. I don't like to give the obvious game ball. I like to do a shout out. I don't know who your game ball is, and I'd like to save him for you if. Take it. If if you got who I'm thinking, then just take I'm, it. I'm I'm taking Michael Gallup okay. for this for the game ball. That's, I mean, that wasn't who I was going with. Is that the because, layup to you or? No, no. There's an okay. easy layup. All to right. Me. Okay. But Michael Gallup, you called it complete. You called it perfectly after the Jets game. I think people were really worried that Michael Gallup. Oh, the ace. The issues he had in 2022. It seems like they're continuing 2023. He's likely just going to be a wide receiver three on this team that sees three, four targets, maybe gets a reception or two. No, Michael Gallup is the certified wide receiver two on this team. And it's not close. What were the, what was the target difference between Gallup and uh, cooks today? Let me look it up. Let me pull it up. Yeah. Uh, So Gallup ended with six targets cook finished with four. I mean, not a huge difference. Some late though. Yeah, exactly. Some late for uh, cooks and what makes Gallup, what I'm seeing from Gallup, his yards after the catch ability, which is what he used to be great at in 2021. A, his big body ability to just, I'm going to box you out and I'm going to catch the ball. That's his bread and butter. But his yards after catch ability is has always been so underrated. We're seeing it again. And Gallup, welcome back to the wide receiver two of this team because it is... Like to have Cooks is your wide. This is not an indictment of Cooks. To have Cooks is your wide receiver three is absurdly mm. in, like that's amazing for us. The fact that Gallup's taking this step forward from 2022, which we all expected, but I don't even know if I expected this. Gallup, game ball. You know it. It's funny about that too. Is I think you're absolutely right, and I'm there with you. Like he's shown enough in the last two weeks where you feel comfortable at least saying two A to two B if you don't want to go completely. With, but I wonder because of Brandon Cooks and who he is and his his you know reputation around the league, I wonder if he'll still command like a QB two assignment. I mean a cornerback two assignment, right? With that Perfect. being said, exactly with Michael Gallup still being like under you know respected for lack of a better term, he might be able to feast on a third cornerback or a situation where like he's not the focal point. And when you're not looking CD, Dak's always had that rapport with Michael Gallup. It's always been about confidence or health. With both of those back, the sky is the limit with this kid. I Gallup is he's set up. He is. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Gallup. The one thing I'll say while we're while we're talking about Cooks here, it is really weird to me that they haven't uncorked a deep ball to Cooks yet. At least not yeah. from not to my memory. I haven't seen like just no, but a it's deep the whole offense to... as a whole. Like I mean, what's yeah. the deepest shot taken? Like three of them plus forty. I know, but like if you're, I I it's it's goes against the Texas Coast offense. But if you trade for Brandon Cooks, whose specialty is the deep ball, and then like only give him five 10-yard routes, 
it's just a little odd to me to be using him that way. But then again, like I said, between the twenties, the offense is humming. So yeah, it's it's not like the deep ball is of need. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, we have some layups and we were talking about Dak Prescott, but I'm going to take the layup and I'm going to elaborate on it because we have to. And tell me if this is who you were thinking about, but I'm going to give it to Deron Bland. Absolutely. Okay. And it's the layup and it has to be done, but it's it's so much bigger than this game here. Now, not every single week you're going to face a man as charitable as Mac Jones. Okay. So with that being said, you're going to face better quarterbacks. You're going to Brock Purdy is much more protective of the football, but he'll give you chances too. So with that being said, I think a lot of people looked at the loss of Trayvon Diggs and and almost thought of it as like a death blow for this defense, right? Like it wasn't going to be as good, especially with the Arizona game. Everybody's like, oh man, like Trayvon Diggs and his impact, it goes far beyond than maybe we even understood. The fact that Deron Bland is cornerback number two and he's able to go ahead and make plays, not just, you know, we see cornerbacks a lot of times be in the right spot and drop the ball and not come up in big plays. He made two big plays when it was called upon and that is such a huge thing for this defense. I think teams are going to know. Teams are going to understand it. And I tweeted it. Deron Bland ain't sweet. Like, don't think this is sweet and that this is going to be easy because he is 100% capable of making plays. I don't know if you saw the graphic. Nobody since 2022 yep. in this span has more interceptions than Deron Bland. Our cornerback three leads the league in interceptions in that time span. It's insane. So I got to give my man the game ball. And it's got to pay dividends going forward. I, I We see some things with Stephon Gilmore where he can be beaten in some instances. Jordan Lewis is quietly just doing Jordan Lewis type things. But having Deron Bland and that confidence because cornerback, much like kicker, much like a golfer, much like a lot of these positions where there's mental involved in it, you get rolling. And you can just you could swag and believe yourself into being an elite guy. And I think Deron Bland has a chance to do that. And he also dropped an interception early. Like, yes. not I wouldn't say dropped. It would have taken pretty good ball hawking skills, but he yep. could have had a pick six even earlier in this game. Exactly. But, I mean, it turned into a pass deflection, so I'm not complaining. Another thing about Bland, like he got a lot of flack after the Arizona Cardinals game because it wasn't his best showing. But I don't think people realize that was also his first time playing on the outside all season. Slash, right. Like all off season, he's been training to play the slot. First two weeks of the season, he was playing the slot, and then he gets forced outside because of the Trayvon injury. I yeah, give him a little bit of slack for that one because he's getting shoved into a position that he has not been training for all offseason. So, Bland, excellent performance. Question for you. What are the odds that after this season's over, we're saying Bland's without when Trayvon's not on the field is absolutely the best corner on this team? Like, it's not a doubt that Bland's mm-hmm. the better corner. I I think it is till next year, but I think it's it, there's a chance it could creep up at the end of the season. Like he plays with such confidence and he has the ball skills. And when we talk about Dan Quinn finding a Dan Quinn guy and doing it in unconventional ways, we speak about a Deron Bland, fifth round pick, a guy who played in the NFL PA Bowl, wasn't even a, an NFL draft combine invite. It was just a guy who you know, a diamond in the rough that came out and be and ends up being like exactly what we need. So I don't think you're far off. And I think it's a very, very good thing for the future of this defense. I'm loving it. Yeah. Duran Bland is the easy pick. If you're not going Prescott, I, I most of the time I just give my game balls to somebody who I think will be underappreciated heading into the next week, but Bland is going to deserve all the credit that he gets. Yep. Credit where credit is due. So with that being said, let's do a real quick rundown of the NFC East. We got the Eagles four and oh. Cowboys 3-1, and one. 
the uh, New York Giants are, I mean, excuse me, the Washington Commanders are two and two, and the New York Giants haven't played yet. They play on Monday night. So when you're done listening to this, that game will be kicking off today. Uh, and they're one and two at this time. So with that being said, it's a bu- it's a bunched up division. We understand and we know that the Commanders may be the third team in this division, but they're not going to be an easy out for anybody the way they played the Eagles and continue to fight. Uh, the Eagles are obviously going to be somebody that's we got our wear our sights on. But with that being said, the Cowboys will move on to playing a Sunday night matchup against the hated San Francisco 49ers. This will be a huge measuring stick game for them. And um, before we kind of wrap up, anything else you want to touch on? You want to touch on next week's matchup or do you kind of have closing thoughts about this week? Eagles look beatable, man. They uh, do. We've been we've been seeing it against the Vikings, against the Patriots, against the commanders. This Eagle team. Jalen Hurts is not a hunt is he's not 2022 Jalen Hurts yep. maybe figures that out but we can beat this Eagles team absolutely and uh we'll see well like I said we're a review show most weeks and next week we will be reviewing this 49ers matchup hopefully we have a lot of positive things to talk about but today it will be our toughest contest in 2023 so with that being said Tony Catalina Aiden Davis another episode blogging the boys first and 10 podcast catch you guys next week hopefully with a victory peace More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.